<laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I remember um, going to Vegas as a kid with my parents, and we would be in those really air-conditioned hotels and then walk into 115-degree heat. It was like going into right. a blast furnace. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> that definitely happens. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Um, that was without, hum that's not adding humidity or anything. That's because people who right. don't know, Vegas is a desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've been to Vegas a couple of times, and, and it is definitely a different heat. Mm -hmm. It's a dry, really hot heat. Right. <laughs> uh with very little, I mean, sometimes they have a breeze, but rarely. <laughs> true, Especially during true. the summer. Right. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, um, I love art. So I want to know mm -hmm. what inspired, what, what inspires you as an artist? Um, well, I really get inspirations just from anything. I mean, I, I can have an idea from something I'm reading or I can see something in nature that just intrigues me. Um, you know, I, I actually started, I'm, I'm a little bit different than a lot of the fantasy artists out there and a lot of the illustrators because of the fact that I'm actually a photographer. So I, I got my first real camera, um, when I was around 13, my uncle gave it to me, and it was manual everything. I mean, it, it didn't do anything for you. So that's what I learned on. Um, and then I set it aside for many years because life gets in the way. Um, but a few years ago, I picked up photography again um, as sort of a, a side hustle outside of my regular day-to-day -day job. Um, and then I started doing some client work and it was fine, but it wasn't really feeding my soul. So I decided that since I only had, you know, a limited number of hours in a week that I could dedicate to it, I really wanted to be creating my own artwork. So all of my work starts with photographs and then I am, I'm self-taught in Photoshop. So I pull all of my pictures into Photoshop and then I just, create all of my work. That's interesting. Um, do you have an artist you admire, or artists, plural, that you admire? Um, there are a lot. Um, one of my great friends is Charles Erbach. He's an amazing fantasy artist. Um, he actually does all of his work in colored pencil, which is super unique. Um, and a, a photographer that really sort of got me into the headspace of pushing my photography in a different level was Lindsay Adler. And she does some really like high fashion photography work. Um, so by watching her, I started thinking about, you know, distinctive lighting and colors and just not doing what was expected. Um, but Honestly, there are so many amazing people that I admire and just follow religiously all the time. So, <laughs> entirely.
entirely too many to name. Yeah. <laughs> I I have a friend, his name is Chris Loomis, and he does, his, his photography is art. There's no, it, you can't really call it anything else. Uh, right. It's just amazing, you know? Well, uh-huh. I mean, I like Ansel Adams. Um, oh, yeah, because absolutely. Because his stuff is, was, is just breathtaking. Oh, without a doubt. I, I've had um, Ansel Adams pieces hanging on my walls probably as long as I can remember. <laughs> yeah, I have them, too. I, I got two prints at, um, I think it was a garage sale. Fell in love oh with them, and I bought them. It was it, they were really lovely, and um, yeah. yeah, I hung them up. And someone told me one of them was original, and I go, no. Oh my gosh! And so yeah. Wow. So I changed the frame and made it nicer. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, right? <laughs> but because uh, I used to have them side by side in my bedroom, but now that one's in the living room because it's. You know, it, it's in oh, a nicer absolutely. frame and stuff. But I like yeah, that was just pure luck. I mean, I I didn't get it. I I've never been like I'm not looking for Rembrandt or something. I when I go, I just right. or or original Monet or something like that. <laughs> I, I I I'm just looking for stuff that I like. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like Rembrandt and I like Monet, so don't get me. I love Rembrandt and I love Monet. Those are two of my favorite <laughs> artists. I'm not saying that I don't like them. I'm just saying that that's right. not my idea of getting artwork. I get artwork because it's attractive. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And it touches my heart, too. I think that's one of the reasons. That's always important. Yeah. yeah you, you definitely want to connect to the artwork that you have you know, on, on some level that's more than just passing. I think that's why I got those atoms because it just really, I, it just touched me. Yeah. And I also like nature. It so. definitely did that. It, it was amazing. They have, I found this picture um, of him standing, uh, well, I've been watching, listening to a podcast called The Lonely Planet. It's a really good podcast. It's all about art. And oh, nice. one of the pictures she had was him standing on a car taking a picture. And then when I was looking at, I wanted to see if I could find it so I could like put it, you know, just for my own for my own pictures. And, right. And I. They had a whole slew of stuff like that. He he would climb on trees. He would climb on cars. Whatever he needed to do to get what he wanted. I was just yeah. It was fascinating. I didn't know yeah, he did I, I've that. I've actually I, I've done a lot of that myself. To be honest, um, I've definitely um, crawled on cars. I've stood up on on quite a few roofs of those. Um, there was one time that I was almost spread eagle standing over a river so that I could get a shot down at some some models that I had near a waterfall. Um, and there was one time I shot from my second floor balcony down onto um, a patio I had outside because I wanted to get an overhead shot of my model. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely some interesting positions we put ourselves into. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, uh, they always show fashion photographers lying on their stomach taking pictures up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watching photographers' work is always interesting. I think it's fascinating. I love Absolutely. photography. I can't, I tried, I really did. I even took a photography class. I do not have, it's just like I am not an artist. I do not, I cannot draw, I cannot paint. All I can, I can do needlepoint, but other than that, I cannot do any form of art. But I love oh, art. I, I completely understand. I, I can't, I can't paint either. I mean, I've, I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> I just, um, my mother was really great at painting, and um, so was my grandfather. But right. not me. <laughs> I don't have that talent. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love art. I love going to galleries and museums and stuff like that. Oh, and um, me too. And I love different kinds. I, I'm I'm kind of eclectic because I like I like uh, Andy Warhol, but I also like oh. Rembrandt. I like um, right. uh, I like Leonardo da Vinci, and yeah. I like Monet. I mean, I. Yeah, absolutely. I like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the great things about art is there's so many different varieties and so many things that you can connect with. And, I mean, there's something for everybody. Yeah, that's true. And then there's sometimes I, I just never understood Jackson Pollock. It's just, it just, I couldn't understand it. Yeah, I I'm, I'm with you there, honestly. I, I am. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, it looks like I, a I'm a kid of... of the 80s, so there was there was a lot of, like, splatter paint things in, yeah. in the 80s. Like, I had some sweatshirts with splatter paint and some book covers. And for me, that's always what it kind of looks like. <laughs> it, it it does. Um, and I listened to the podcast she had uh, about that. And I never really thought of it this way. He, she said, you, you you can't look at Jackson Pollock like an, another modern painter. You have to follow the different lines of paint because he, every line oh. means something. And I went, oh. And actually, I, I understand a little better for that. I don't know if I like it that much better, but I understand right. it a little better. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just um, it, I don't know it's, I try to be really open but it's still right. not there um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I think that I love I love modern art but I'm more of a impressionist impressionist and modern impressionist fan does, right. that, does that make right. sense you know? Oh yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, you know, I I can appreciate a wide range of art. Um, for me personally, like I go all the way back to like the pre-Raphaelites and uh -huh. like you know, Waterhouse and all that. I mean, that's that's my jam. I mean, <laughs> with the deep colors I, I and and the deep colors and the and incredible backgrounds with the detail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That definitely speaks to me. Yeah, I love that too. I, I think it's just incredibly gorgeous. Um, and I sort of really appreciate um, 
can't remember his name. Uh, one of the artists from like um, Scandinavia, I can't remember his name, but his stuff is so normal. You know, like uh -huh. a, a a girl with um with looking out the window and a a, a bowl of fruit. It's 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 not religious. Right. It's not like something extraordinary. It's just normal every day, and yet you 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 walk by it and you just stop dead because it's just right. so gorgeous. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But and I love photography too. I love looking at I, uh, I <laughs> we have a whole bunch of museums that are in Balboa Park and they have what they call um there's like a free day for people who are residents like a Tuesday or something. Um oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's really cool. So we go different museums. It's it's not all of the museums. Um it's right. just certain ones and then the next month it's a different set. So they oh, still nice. make money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I yeah I love to look at the different museums. I mean I like to go to the space museum too. They have an Air and Space Museum oh, here that's just magnificent. Um, yeah, and we've got um, we've got a, a natural history museum here in Atlanta that's just amazing. I, I love going down there. I saw um, at our Natural History Museum here. I saw the Titanic expedition. Oh, that's amazing! Oh, it was so cool, Madeline. I can't tell you how cool that was. It was. I can imagine. I mean, they had, you know, the a side of the ship, and they had dishes, and I'm not sure wow. how they got the side of the ship. I guess. One part had was loose. You know, they had that part that was like, because they won't touch the actual ship because that's a grave. Right. But right. It, the uh, it, it, there was like a scatter point around the ship. So I think maybe huh. that part was part of the scatter part because. Um, right. And so they had that, and you can you could see where the um, the bearings had come out. Oh wow! Yeah, it was just, oh. and they had the dishes, and and yeah. they had like some of the dishes were complete. I mean, like it was never touched, and then right. some of the dishes were the broken ones. Right. Uh, it was it was, oh, heartbreaking, and yeah, uh, beautiful, and it just mesmerizing. It, uh, and to get to make you feel more a part of the exhibit, they give you a, um, a little piece of paper with a person's name and their background. Oh, wow. And so if you're a woman, they give you a woman, and if you're a man, they give you a man. And you follow uh -huh. it uh, through, and then at the end you find out if this person lived or died. Oh, wow. It was a really... It's just one of the most touching things I've ever been to. Yeah. Huh. And that was at yeah, the National Museum. Yeah. Um, that was worth it. I mean, you know, sometimes the other one that I went to was when we lived in L.A. was the second King Tut exhibit. Oh, 
and that was worth oh, it. Oh, okay. That was just <laughs> you know, one once in a lifetime because I'm not going to Egypt. <laughs> I can't afford it. It's just they said every single exhibit, every single exhibit, every single archaeological site you have to pay, and it's not cheap. And you got it's like I can't afford oh, that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it can be a lot. That's for sure. So that's as close as I'll ever get. <laughs> yeah, I I always love trying to take the opportunity to see everything I can see. You know, because you never know when you're going to have that opportunity again. Exactly. I mean, when I went to Europe, I I told because I was a travel agent at that time, and when I went to Europe, especially England and France, I I, I was. I I, ha I was a tourist. I was a complete and utter tourist. I knew that I, w right. I may never, ever come back. So I right. wanted to see everything I possibly could in the 10-day period that I had. I had very small. I was like England, and I went a little bit into France. I didn't get to Paris. Um, but I made sure I saw as much of, at least, I, I didn't get to, like, um, the outskirts. I didn't get to Wales or Cornwall right. uh, or, right, right. or places like that. But I saw as much of the area around London as, as I possibly could. And then I took the Chummel to France so I could see Calais. Um, sure. And I was yeah. a total tourist. And one thing that all the older agents, the older agents, sorry, a motorcycle just went by. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the older agents told me was that I um when you go don't act like a tourist. You know, don't don't take pictures of everything and don't and I'm like Are you kidding? I've never been there. I'm gonna right. be a tourist. I'm yeah. not I wasn't the ugly American, I was extremely polite and people like me right. and, and yeah. I still write to some of them. And stuff, so I, it, nothing like that. But I was a tourist. I went around. I took pictures of every single thing I could possibly take pictures of, because I knew I Absolutely. may never go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, whenever I go anywhere, I take tons of pictures. So <laughs> that's that's just ingrained in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when like Stonehenge, I had to take pictures of Stonehenge. Of course. I mean, you know, I think it's the oldest place I've ever been to. Um, right, yeah. Old site, archaeological site. I've never been to something so old in my life. And yeah. um, so I had to take pictures of that, and I took pictures of Bath. And I right. and and I took a city tour because I I I didn't want to miss the changing of the guard. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the city tour was really cool because you learned some stuff that you didn't know, and you and sure. you got to go to all the sites you wanted to go to, and right. you didn't get lost. <laughs> Which is definitely a plus. <laughs> yeah, and I'm good at getting lost. <laughs> Um, I was in, um, I don't remember what country I was in, but I ended up in a red light district. Oh, my goodness. I took a wrong <laughs> turn or something. And a policeman came up to me, and I, and I was obviously a tourist, and I was obviously not there for anything. And he said, uh, Madam, uh, 
please follow me. You're in the wrong area. And I said, wrong area? What do you mean? <laughs> A dumb 20-year-old. <laughs> and he oh said, my goodness. he said, madam, this is the red light district. And I went, oh, okay, yeah, help me get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's definitely not where you want to be by accident. Yeah, well, and I was, you know, it wasn't like I was going to, I was I was wearing uh it was winter and I was wearing uh-huh. blue jeans and a heavy sweater and a big coat and a hat like a, a knit hat and so, I was not right. looking like I was trying to attract attention to myself. Uh and and I was like I wasn't worried about that. It was more like I don't want to see it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can you can get you can get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's one thing I learned early was, and even it, it, and I've been traveling my whole life. My parents took us traveling when we were kids, so they taught us you uh-huh. know you, you're careful. You find out what areas everything is, and my dad always right. knew that, even though we get lost with him too. Um, <laughs> But he made sure that we were safe all the time. Right, um, right. I, there's a ship called the Queen Mary that's now a tourist attraction in L.A., in Long Beach. And uh-huh. we went to see it when it just opened. I mean, wow. just opened, like the day it opened or the day after. It was that weekend. Yeah. And my, we went into an area where the staterooms were and we were looking uh-huh. at them and they, all the doors were open um, and I said oh I thought this part was going to be a hotel and my dad said yeah and my mom said yeah they had a thing about it and we just kept looking and walking through we walked through the hall toward where the um, central part of the boat was and we came out uh-huh. there was a rope there saying uh, under construction, but there was no construction stuff. It was just all open, and I guess they were cleaning or something. Um, wow. And my mom goes, uh, what do we do? And he said, to, it was me, my mom, and my brother, and my dad. And my dad says, just smile and wave. And he picked up the rope, and we all walked out, and we all smiled and waved. <laughs> Oh, wow. That was always fun. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was a total accident, and and we didn't hurt anything. We just walked through, so it wasn't like we did anything. But it was just, my mom was like, oh, my God, we're in the wrong place, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it was funny. Um, yeah. But stuff like that, you know, it's totally innocent, yeah. but stuff like that happens. Even when you're in your own hometown and you still are looking at something new, you can end up doing something totally wrong. <laughs> yeah. oh, absolutely. <laughs> that can absolutely happen. Yeah. Um, have you ever taken a wrong turn when you were... Uh, doing something and ended up someplace you really weren't supposed to be. 
Um, not by accident. I've occasionally been places I wasn't supposed to be on purpose. Ooh, you're <laughs> adventurous. Um, I, I remember many, many years ago um, when I was still in school, my, my mom and I went to a show. I can't remember what it was. But then we were waiting to see somebody after the show to see if we could, you know, just say hi. And we overheard that there was this after party at a particular hotel. So we kind of just got in her car and went over and just kind of crashed the after party. Just walked in like we were supposed to be there. <laughs> it's funny how you can get away with it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you act confident, you really can get away with a lot. Um but generally, my sense of direction is pretty good. Um, it also has to do with my very Virgo personality. So I I plan everything. So I generally know where I'm going. Um, and it, it actually comes in handy. I, I A few years ago, I volunteered in an orphanage in Belize for a while. And, um, of course, you know, I, I went by myself, and I was down there um, volunteering and then on the days that we, that I had off, I wanted to see as much as I could see in the area. So I knew like where I was going, what buses I needed to take, what water taxis I needed to take, and all of that. So I would just head off in the morning and go traipse around all on my own. And I really didn't run into any problems. It was great. That's really cool. Yeah, um, I was work. Well, I wasn't working. I was. Well, I guess you call it working. Uh, I was a student, and I was an archaeology student, and we were in Peru. And when you land in Peru, you land in Lima, even if, wherever you're going to go, because there's really right. only one major airport going into the country, uh-huh. which yeah. is a very scary area. It's actually it's a very militarized area, and um, okay. a lot of people walking around with... AK-40s and stuff like that, and it's wow, it's very scary. So um, our professor wanted to get us through as quickly as we could. Um, right. So she had already set up for a bus and everything. So once we got through uh-huh. the airport, um, even though there were military in there, they they weren't they weren't doing anything. You know, it wasn't scary in the airport. It was outside the airport. Where you are on uh-huh. the street, and you see like these right. rafts of military people just wandering around with guns and uh, looking at every person. And um, so what she did is she got us all on the bus right outside the airport, but we could still see it as we drove through. It, uh-huh. And she says, "Don't look at them. Just keep looking, you know, straight ahead or." read or something just don't look at them right. and so once we were out of there and we went to the area we were going to for the archaeological site uh, everything was wonderful beautiful gorgeous um but that was scary <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean and she knew what she was doing so we all trusted her and she got us in and got sure. us out and we were we went up to the mountains, and we went to see Machu Picchu, and we went, you know, oh, nice. it was, yeah, it was really cool, because it was, I don't, none of us, if I remember right, had ever been there before, and it huh. was just incredibly gorgeous, and, and, and 
breathtaking and we we didn't have time to go to the big lake that's up there right but I wish we did because then I saw Shirley MacLaine movie out on the limb and they showed the lake and I'd go oh damn I wish I went there <laughs> oh wow because <laughs> it's gorgeous it's huge and yeah. it's gorgeous and you like if you're there at night it's like you could it's like you could touch the stars from where you're, you're when you're at the lake and it's just uh-huh oh. um, wow but i didn't get up there i didn't get to the lake because it's, it's really high up yeah it's higher than machu picchu wow yeah i didn't get to see the line the nasco lines either because you have to go in the helicopter to do that so we none of us could afford that we're, we're all starving yeah, students. I bet that is pricey. Yeah. yeah. So those are the two things I didn't get to see in my one trip there. But um, but it's it's really a beautiful place. It's just a shame that it's so militarized in Lima. Right. Yeah, that is. Um, but, yeah, that was one of the times that I was scared. And even though I was... I, I can believe that. It, it, was, it was literally maybe... 10, 15 minutes that I was surrounded by this as we were driving through. But that was uh -huh. the, one of the scariest 10, 15 minutes I've ever had. Um, have you ever... I can believe it. Have you ever walked into something that scared the you-know-what out of you? <laughs> <laughs> Not like that, no. Just normal stuff. Because <laughs> that was the only time that I was ever really scared. Yeah, no, I get it. But um, but it was worth it though. It was worth going. It was really worth it. I believe it. Yeah. Um. It it it's uh, it was my only trip to South America. Again, even though I was there as an archaeological student, I took pictures not in Lima, but I took pictures of everything everywhere else. All the mm -hmm. adorable villages and all the amazing, um, I forgot, in uh, in the Middle East you call it a souk, but it's like a farmer's market where you can get anything. Um, they huh. have several of those. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, they're, and it's really cool because it's like you can get these um, the serapis and, uh, um, and beautiful blankets. And uh, incredibly gorgeous. I got a um, a wrap that I still uh -huh. have. That's made um, uh, the sharing of a llama. It's not they didn't hurt the llama. They just shared it. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's amazing. Um, see, there, it, it it was worth it. And I'm just trying to tell you the good stuff because I told you the bad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be fair. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Um, but definitely worth it, definitely. Um, and yeah, and I, I it was my first sight outside of the U.S., so that was a big deal. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I wanted to, because uh, you're a artist and you're a photographer. Uh, where right. did you get your training was it did you just do it by yourself or did you get training in school 
or some other way to get trained? How did you get your training? Yeah, I, I didn't go to school for any of it. Um, I, you know, that's, there are some people that go that route and they're amazing and they, they get all kinds of brilliant education. Um, that just wasn't really in the cards for me. Um, and when I was, when I was first given my, my camera, um, it was my uncle that gave it to me and he showed me the basics and basically just turned me loose on the world. Um, and then when I picked it back up, you know, the entire world was different because, you know, by that time we had auto everything cameras and people were starting to take pictures with their phones and, you know, it, the, the whole realm of it changed. Um, so I decided that I wanted to know more about the way things are now. So I played around with my cameras. I figured out what worked and what didn't. I built relationships with other photographers here in Atlanta. And of course, there's a wealth of knowledge to be gained from networking. And, um, and then I just started finding like tutorials and classes online and just utilized those. And then when I started playing with Photoshop, I initially taught myself completely just by opening up the program and starting to mess with it. Um, but once I had some basics down, then I started again looking for tutorials and you know classes that I could find online. And the absolute massive wealth of information that's out there on the internet is just mind-blowing. I mean, there's really nothing that you want to learn that you can't find out there. <laughs> so, so, and, and I That's kind of scary. <laughs> What's that? That's kind of scary. There's oh, that you can find anything? Anything <laughs> that you want to learn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, there is some bad with the good, but you know, the, the fact that we can educate ourselves and we can better ourselves and you know keep growing and learning indefinitely, I, I think it's just amazing. Me too. Me too. And, I, and I've learned a lot. I mean, uh, when I'm looking up things for uh, um, my writing, Mm -hmm. I mean, some things I just am stunned by. Like, I had no idea right. that pretty much every police department in the world is done differently. They None of them follow the same form. Uh, huh. Whether they're in the Western world or the Middle East or the Down Under or wherever, nobody's alike. They're all different. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, they all have, you know, cops that do their jobs, and then they have, the, but the hierarchy is completely uh -huh. different. That's what I'm talking about, the hierarchy, the way, you know, from bottom to top. It's different right. everywhere. Yeah. You can't think that a cop is going to be the same kind of level in America as in Australia. And right. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about where they are. Like, if you're a lieutenant here, that's pretty high up. But if you're a lieutenant in, like, say, Australia, you're not that high up. 
You know, I mean, right. you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's completely and utterly different. And they have different yeah. names for police in Israel than they do anywhere else I've ever heard. I mean, huh. And I learned all that from the Internet. It's amazing what you can find out. It truly is. It is. And I, I mean, I like to listen to podcasts because... And and watch um, documentaries. I mean, these are different ways that we can expand ourselves, right? You know, and I'm I'm talking about like the one I was talking about, like the art uh, one, like the Lonely Planet, which is all about art. Yeah, and it's yeah. about art in a way that you have to be open and listen to, even if you go, oh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But you play it, and you <laughs> learn about it, and it is, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I never thought of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you can't go by your initial reaction to things. It's just like when you go to an art gallery, just because you think it's dumb and and something, you, but you, you have to be open. You look at the... Um, the plaque and you ask one of the um, people who work there what this is, you know, you know, and then expand yourself. And then the internet's even easier. It tells you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Do you go on virtual tours? Um, not often. Um, when we were first in the pandemic and, and there was a bunch of that sort of thing being promoted online. I I did a a few of them then, Um, but uh, not as much as I probably should. I mean, there's there's really great opportunities out there. I just haven't taken advantage. I um, I forgot what the name of the the great museum in Russia. I'm never going to Russia. Um, Right. uh, They have Heritage. I think it's called the Heritage. Um, okay. Um, they have a virtual tour, so you can see all this amazing artwork that you're never going to see. Uh, right. Right. You know, that's that's what I like to do. I like to go places that I doubt I'll ever be. Um, well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it, it expands your horizon, and you get to see stuff that is new to you. Um, uh-huh. And as long as you're doing that, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Positive stuff, good stuff. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand. I oh, there was another one. It's not that I hope to go there someday, but at um the uh, the, the museum in Florence. I I've never been to Italy, and they they yeah, were, neither have I. And it yeah. was they they have some gorgeous things. I also went there. And you and um you were saying you like that period. Um right. they had oh. it, it, anyway, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> Very inarticulately trying to explain it cuz it's you, it's hard to explain <laughs> stuff no, I, like I that. I think you're doing just fine. <laughs> But it's, I'm just saying that, there, uh, like as you said, the Internet is like this open field of music and art and theater and, and books you've never heard of that are good and, and all kinds of stuff. Right. That's what people should be 
focusing on learning, growing, uh, becoming Absolutely. more rounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, in fact, uh, I, I like I love science fiction, but I'm also a big mystery fan, and I've been on this podcast that is about the golden age of mysteries, and they're talking about mystery mm-hmm. writers I've never heard of. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, I've been reading mysteries since I was a little girl. Huh. I mean, I came into science fiction a little later. Like, I was right, uh, right. I was a, a teen. Um, mysteries I started reading when I was, like, eight or nine. So to hear that there's all these incredible writers that are from America and England and Australia and New Zealand, and I've never heard of them. Wow, you know what I'm saying? That's what that's what the internet should be used for. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I love that we can expand our knowledge like that. Isn't it amazing? It really is. It yeah. is. Um, I'm gonna switch the subject just a teeny tiny little bit. Um, okay. First, I want to congratulate you for winning the. Illustrator of the Year, and um, from uh, Writers and Illustrators of the Future. Um, first, tell me how you found out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I first heard of the competition um, because I've been in the Dragon Con art show for the past several years, probably about five or six years now, um, and the contest always has a booth in the art show. I mean, because why wouldn't they? <laughs> um, and so I, I started meeting the people involved and was encouraged to to submit. Um, and I submitted first and got to semifinal, I think it was. Um, and then I got encouraged to submit again um, and it was a couple of a, a couple of times later that I was able to actually get my pieces together and, and submit again. And then we had um, it was just before the whole pandemic thing started, and I got the call, and it was you know congratulations, you actually won. And of course I was I was blown away. Um, and it was incredibly validating also, you know, to, and I don't know if they've ever had another photographer, but it's certainly not typical um, for, it, for it to be a photographer that actually wins, um, you know, because it, it's these amazing illustrators that, that draw and paint and, it, you know, <laughs> and, and here I am taking my pictures. <laughs> um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so then, like, I was supposed to go out to California, and it got canceled because of the pandemic, and we got rolled over to the next year, and it was, and, and we went out there, and it was still in the middle of the pandemic, so it was, it, there were some concerns, but, I mean, everybody stayed really safe, and I don't think anybody caught COVID while we were out there, or if they did, I didn't hear about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a weird time to be a part of it, but 
it was really an honor. I mean, however it all fell out, it, it was, uh, I, it's hard to describe. I mean, especially being out there and going to the award ceremony and I had never been a part of anything like that. So it was truly a once in a lifetime kind of thing. That's really cool. And um, when the reveal happened, did your writer recognize their cover? Well, unfortunately, my writer couldn't be there. Oh, so I was, that's always I, cool. I know. I was, I, I was one of the only people that didn't have their writer there. And you know, I, I really wish that she had been able to make it um, because the, the reveal party is, is such a big part of the event. So I do kind of feel like I missed having that connection, um, but I, I talked to her a couple of times and she said she loved the piece, so it, it was nice to be able to connect with her. Uh, that must have been, uh, I mean, I'm sure there was, she probably couldn't travel because of uh, all the stuff that was going on. Right, there were still restrictions and all sorts of things. Yeah, but um, I'm sure she was disappointed too. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sure, yeah. But that yeah, because that's a big deal is when you guys are doing the reveal. Yeah, it's it, it's a big part of the event for sure. And uh, did you enjoy the award ceremony? I did. It was <laughs> it was so much bigger and glitzier than I could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> like like you know, I mean, you're used to award ceremonies, everybody piles into a ballroom, and there's rubber chicken, and, you know, <laughs> the, the normal kind of stuff, but this was, like, a show, and things are being recorded, and there's all these lights, and everybody's informals, and it, yeah, it was, it was really interesting, and I, I had not expected all of that, and it was truly a unique event. That's fun. That's so much fun. And um, did you meet any um, people during the workshops or and, and the event that was like, oh, my God, it's him or her? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I had always wanted to meet Echo in person and, of course, just absolutely mind-blowing artist. Um, I'm so in love with the work. Um so that was great, and and being able to spend all week together was amazing. Um, and I actually I knew Dan DeSantos from the DragonCon art show. Um, we we had sort of met in passing, so it was great to see him again. And just I mean everybody that that they had there, everybody that they brought in to do classes for us, it was it, you get a little starstruck. But then you're like, you have to remind yourself, focus on what they're saying. <laughs> they're giving you really good information here. <laughs> so it was, it, it was a lot of information and a lot to focus on. And just, it, it was kind of amazing that there was that much that they could pack into a week. That is really cool. Um, what is the name of the story that you're, um, you're, your photograph was featured on that, that I illustrated. Um, yeah. It was called the Widow's Might. Okay. And what's the picture of, or are you not allowed to tell? 
Oh, no, it's, it's already been out. Um, it's actually, it, it was a Victorian setting, so I, I shot a bunch of source images, and I actually constructed a little Victorian side street with cobblestones in, in the street, and I had the, the character of the widow. You know, she's all in her black and with the big hat. And, um, you know, I, I made it at night, and there's, like, lights coming through the windows and sort of thing. So it, it was a fun piece to put together. Sounds pretty. <laughs> um, so um, for the people who would like to get it, which, which, uh, I'm, can you give the full title of the book and the number? Right. So it's L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future, and it's volume 37. Thank you. And do you have any shows or anything? So I actually just finished Dragon Con, um, and it was insane, as always. Uh, but it's always so much fun to see all of my nerd family come together and it's really like homecoming and it is an exhausting four and a half days mm -hmm. but I wouldn't trade it for the world um, and then I have multiverse coming up in October which is a much much smaller con it's still pretty new and I like um, I like supporting the the new and growing cons especially the local ones um, and they they are keeping it small. They're still growing, but they plan to keep it small on purpose because the small cons have a much different feel than like the massive cons, like mm -hmm. Dragon Con. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's one of those things where you can talk to people more, you can get more personally involved, and it's not a constant stream of people. So there's more connection which I really like. And uh, honestly, there's so many pluses to both ways of doing it, and I just love the fact that I have conventions on both sides of the equation in my little micro-season. So it's always a lot of fun. I think um, I like smaller cons because you um, you can talk to people longer. And, right. And you're yeah, not there's a lot more opportunity for connection. Yeah. Um, because that's where I actually made most of my friends were from the smaller cons I went to. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, 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 I mean, I had a great time at Comic Con and stuff like that. It's really exciting. It's the only place, right. the only convention I've ever been to where they have a red carpet. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever saw. Because, um, I mean, I've been to big cons in LA they used to have a really big science fiction con when I was younger um, right but this con is just bizarrely fascinating <laughs> yeah yeah you know I've, I've never actually been to San Diego Comic Con in person but my art has actually been in the art show out there cool so yeah that's really cool yeah it's it's yeah, you gotta do it once, just so you can see what it's like. <laughs> you can't even describe it, and you don't. I mean, you yeah. don't get the depth of it from the YouTube things and stuff. 
it is right bizarre and huge and yeah it's it's the same thing with with dragon con there's really no way to describe it unless you've actually done it in person yeah yeah the big cons are just really different uh. right it, it's a whole different beast yeah um and it's weird because you get these people who are like actors who have never been to any convention. They weren't even into science fiction. They just got this part in the show. Right. And suddenly. <laughs> and they have no idea what they're getting into. They really don't. It's so funny. I've seen it so many times. Um, it's like. Uh, the uh, people from Strange New World, the new Star Trek series. Uh, right. I, at least three of the actors were like, I wasn't even into science. I'd never even seen a Star Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just got this gig. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything changes. Yeah. I mean, really, the thing is about conventions, when you're like that, when you're you're um, an actor, or writer, or director, or somebody, a producer from a big show like that, they're mm -hmm. like rock stars. I mean, it's like a rock oh, star. It, you, you, it, it, it's the only chance an actor gets to be a rock star. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but they really are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they scream, they stand on their, uh, up, and they're, like, screaming at the top of their head, they're clapping with their hands over their head. It's incredibly yep. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, we, we love our fandom. Yeah. Now, multiverse, that means several different fandoms. What ones are the focus of the one you're going to? Well, the, the thing that I really like about multiverse um, is that, their their focus is primarily on books, so it's more of a literary con than it is specifically like a sci-fi fantasy con, mm -hmm. although those themes are heavily represented. Um, there's also, you know, horror and just a whole bunch of different things, but one of the best things that I think uh, about this convention is that they're really focused on diversity. So they they strongly believe in representation across the board. So you have voices being heard and represented at this con that you wouldn't necessarily get in the more established conventions you know, because they're not necessarily the biggest names in the industry because there are so many underrepresented groups. So the fact that they get to have a forum and get to have their voices heard at a convention like this, I think is really great. I think it's super. That's amazing. Yeah. And so has this happened yet, this convention? The, the uh, No, Multiverse is in October. October, okay. And you're going to be there? Yes, I am in the art show, and then... Um, my business partner and I, he's hes actually a guest author, and I'm a guest artist, and we're, we've got a booth together at the vendor hall, so we're kind of taking over two big spots and doing this whole big booth display, so it should be pretty interesting. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. So people should come and say hi. 
Yes, absolutely. Anybody in the the South in the middle of October <laughs> should definitely come out to Multiverse and say hi. Okay. And uh, do you have a website? I do. It's silverlight.com. So that's S-Y-L-V-E-R-L-I-G-H-T dot com. Okay. And... Uh, are you on any of the social media, and uh, could you give your handles, on the, if it's the same handle or different handle? Um, it's a little bit different. Um, on Instagram, it's at um, Silverlight Photo, so it's still the S-Y-L for Silverlight, and then just photo. Uh, and then on Facebook, uh, my art page is at Silverlight, so... And are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter uh, personally, not so much my art stuff, but I do have Twitter, and it's um, at Madeline Locke. Um, I want to um, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on my show. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. This was fun. Thank you. And thank you Thanks for so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for chatting with Sherry.